Okay, hello everybody. Uh, got a quick podcast today. Uh, we've actually had a request. One of uh, the listeners has requested a special topic. Uh, let me just check. The listener's username is uh, basketball under tag is for pussies. And the topic they've requested is uh, for me to talk a bit about badminton. So I'm going to go and dive right in. Um, badminton, or umaotiao, as it's known in China, the land of the free, is um, is uh, uh, super popular here. Uh, everyone plays it. Any opportunity they can get, they don't need a court, they don't need a net, they don't even need sunlight. Uh, they'll sell you a little uh, birdie, a, a little badminton ball thing which comes with lights that uh, glow in the dark. So, uh, But, you know, not, not many of them buy that even. They'll just use the regular one. They can hardly see it. <clears throat> but they'll go up, go out in some dull street lamp and play, and that's always cute to see. Um, and it never seems like age is a limit. You'll get, um, you know, five-year-old kids playing. You'll get your gra- grandparents playing. It really is uh, a great... Chinese sport. Um, I can't see other countries falling for it the way China has. Um, and I've never really seen it big in other Eastern Asian countries. Uh, and by that, I mean people playing it on the streets. Okay, so badminton, why do I like it? Well, I didn't like it that much at first. I was... Uh, Giving it a shot because, you know, you think, oh, I played this when I was a kid. Maybe at Christmas, barbecues, someone gets someone else a present and it's a little crappy badminton set for like 20 bucks. You set it up and you have a great time for an hour. Um, But in China, uh, I've been taking it to the next level and I'll be going to professional indoors courts uh, buying quality equipment, okay? Let me just tell you how much some of this crap costs, okay? You want a good racket? That's going to set you back whoa, up to $200. And it's it's probably only going to weigh a few hundred grams. The thing's got nothing on it. Actually, it's probably closer to 100 grams. Um, so uh, it costs a fortune. For the, the price to weight ratio, it costs a fortune. Um, and then what's perhaps even worse are the little feathery balls you play with because you'll go through about three or four of those a match. Uh, maybe you play for two hours. You'll go through about three or four of those things, and each one costs about $2. So it's like, oh, every time we play, $4. And you're only using those things once cause, because the feathers just, um, whenever you do a bad shot, you're going to hit the feathers away, and then the thing, once it has no feathers, it just goes super fast. <laughs> Or if it if it's only missing one or two feathers, it might start to like do a weird spirally thing, like an out of control plane in a nosedive. Uh, both of which, obviously, you can't use. <coughs> so uh, yeah, the equipment's a fortune, but if you uh, get past that, you've actually got a decent sport on your hands. So what are some of the good things that I like about it? Well, uh, there's a few. One. Um, it's a great workout, and uh, 
it really works the whole body because some of the shots you have to hit way over your head with kind of a backwards arching, your back's arched um, reflexively, like you're not leaning forward, you're leaning back. And it just really stretches out your whole spine. You need really strong core strength. Um, your arms are moving a lot. Your legs are moving a lot. Um, especially if someone's hitting a smash to you, you have to really quickly react because uh, the little birdies flying at a really fast speed and that intense reaction just um, puts lots of pressure on your legs. So it's like the whole body gets a solid workout. Um, and if you look at the physiques of badminton players, they're normally, I wouldn't say they're super muscular, but they're definitely not long distance runners. You know, They've got solid lightweight physiques because it is a war of attrition a lot of time when you play badminton. Um, uh, which isn't to say people hit shots that are just out and out winners because that does happen too. But a lot of the time when you get to the professional level, um, it takes much less energy just to hit a defensive shot than it does to go for a smash. So a lot of time players will only be willing to use that much energy if they've there's a good chance the smash will result in them winning the point or getting a good advantage. Um, anyway, I've been all over the place. Uh, what, what, what else do we need to talk about badminton? Yeah, so uh, what do I like about it? So that's one. It does the whole body workout. Um, what, what else is there? Uh, right, the pleasures of hitting a good shot. Now, lots of you have probably um, played tennis before. And maybe you know what it's like just to hit a really nice forehand or backhand winner across court down the line. Um, and that is fun. Uh, well, badminton kind of has the same thing, except more, uh, there's less spin on the ball and more um, uh, finesse and soft touch. So in tennis, it's more like you've got to hit a more muscular kind of shot where you really rip at the ball and... It's quite heavy, a lot of shock on the arm. Badminton's more about your finesse. It's like, even if you hit a smash, it's still, the whole, the, the birdie's so light, it's more like your aim and your finesse. And uh, when you hit the drop shots that just make it over the net and out of reach of your player, that's a super satisfying feeling. Um, it's almost as satisfying as getting back a sweet defensive shot, in my opinion. Um, so, and every rally you'll be doing numerous drop shots, um, numerous long shots, which aren't as satisfying, but, uh, the rallies do get very epic. That's another good point. Um, it's quite common to have an average rally length of like five shots. You can easily get some good 10, 15 shot rallies and, the better you get, the more of these rallies you get. And man, they are fun. Like once both players have done several difficult, amazing shots, it's like, oh, wow, this, I don't even care if I win or lose. This rally has been very epic. You know, I'm having fun. Uh, and it does have that going for it. Um, something else I was going to talk about. Yes. Uh, what was it? Something satisfying when you're playing badminton. Um, 
Oh, that's it. The faking. Okay, this is something badminton has. Um, and off the top of my head, there's more faking and fake outs in badminton than any other sport I can think of, um, except for maybe basketball. So what do I mean by fake out? That just, yeah, I mean, it is what it sounds like. You, um, you act like you're going to hit the birdie one way, but in actual fact, you're going to hit it another way. That's one type of fake out. Another is where you, you've, you actually smash the birdie, but purposefully you don't give it a clean smash. You kind of smash across the face of the birdie and give it a really like an awkward connection. So the uh, opponent, they see you and it looks like, oh, he just smashed it. Actually, that birdie's not going to fly like a smash. It's just going to trickle across the net. But they're kind of moving to the back of the court ready to receive the the full power smash. Um, That's another type of fake out. Now, that type I personally can't do. I know pros can do it, but that's very difficult. But, uh, yeah, that just gives you an idea of... um, some of the growth that you can have uh, as a player in this sport. Um, But even as an amateur, you can already do like the basic fake outs where maybe like the ball will go high and you'll do a big wind up on your smash, jump in the air and every indication is, oh, this guy's going to smash it hard. And then at the last minute you do a nice little tap. And just to see your opponent get faked out like that, I don't know what it is about that, but it's just such a satisfying feeling. And for me personally, that's the most satisfying thing in badminton. Um, except, of course, uh, it's more satisfying if you return a really difficult smash. And I think that's true in every sport. Like if you play table tennis, tennis, any of these kind of sports, if the opponent does a like a killing blow and you magically get your racket on it and get it back, I think that's the best feeling because in that moment, it's like you, it's happening so fast. You don't have time to react and your instincts take over. And it's just that adrenaline rush when the miracle happens and the ball happens to just nick your racket. It's, uh, the adrenaline rush is insane. Um, and it happened not for me, but against me the other day, Uh, I was playing a friend and I, uh, yeah, I, I had this exact moment where, um, um, the friend kind of did a shot that was a bit weak and it was there for me to, um, put away for the winner. And my friend was in a really bad position. So he just stayed right at the net and put his racket up almost like you're playing volleyball and you'll have blockers in volleyball, put their hands up to try and block the smash. It was a similar thing. And he, and he kind of, I don't know if he just put it in and guessed, but as soon as I smashed it, it immediately ricocheted off his racket and went back to my side of the court for the winner. And man, like the place erupted when that happened. We had, there was a Chinese guy watching. He practically fell in love with my friend after that shot. Um, uh, and And it really was, it was just such an intense moment. Like, um, And I think that happens in tennis too. Like you'll see players sometimes they're stuck at the net volleying and another player will just go to smash it past them and they'll do an amazing reflex and get it back. And, oh yeah, it's uh, it's an excellent, an amazing feeling. So, uh, yeah, I think that's summarizing. They're the pros, I'd say, for badminton in no particular order. 
solid workout. Um, sat at very satisfying shots to hit and a pretty solid skill curve. Um, and, um, yeah, it's not hard to play like, uh, for, for the Chinese people, they'll happily just get a few crappy rackets and go and play. So it's a very accessible sport compared to something like, I don't know, American football. Um, uh, now, some of the negatives. Um, I think I said one, the cost. That is a huge negative, especially if you want to take your game to the next level. Um, what else is a negative? The fact that you can't hit spin on the ball, uh, I feel like that's a negative. Um, if you've gotten into table tennis, gotten into tennis, uh, you'll know how satisfying it is to be able to give that ball lots of different spins, um, and try and receive your opponent's spins and counter them, particularly in table tennis. That's true. Um, uh, and I feel like that's an amazing element to, um, these kind of racquetball games that badminton's missing. But in its place, it does have the sweet drop shots. <laughs> and um, and the faking out, that's something. Like, tennis has a little bit of faking out. Table tennis has a tiny bit. Oh, no, it, no, table tennis has a solid amount too. But I think badminton has more faking out than both of those two spots. Um, and I love faking people out. Um, <laughs> uh, negatives apart from that, uh, also perhaps... In badminton, you're regularly having to hit the ball over your head. This uh, might be a personal thing, but it's just not comfortable to always be like running back, looking up and smashing it. You know, it's like um, your head's going up and down and up and down. And um, whereas compared to the other tennis, table tennis, you're more in a relaxed standing position. So, um, so that is super frustrating. Um, also in badminton, um, if you want to get good, you have to have really good footwork so that you can reach all four corners of the court pretty quickly. Um, which is, you know, it's, it's tiring. The rallies can be long. So to, it's not like it requires an intense amount of racket skill to get to the top level. Of course it does, but your footwork has to be impeccable too. Um, whereas you can see good improvements in your tennis or table tennis games without having to get amazing footwork. But badminton, it's like, specifically, particularly for badminton, footwork becomes so essential. Um, and people find that kind of annoying because footwork isn't that fun. Don't get me wrong, it's it's not. Um, what else? Yeah, look, I can't think of much else off the top of my head. Uh, that uh, that might wrap it up on badminton from now. Um, it is a great, it's a pretty fun sport to watch too. I mean, feel free to type in onto YouTube and watch a few games of pro badminton just to see what it's like at the pro level. Uh, it makes good spectating, and I'd love to watch a, a live game of badminton too. If you uh, have kids um, who are looking to get into it, that's definitely possible. There's no like height requirements like there is something like basketball. Um, I think the best player in the world now is five foot ten or something, and uh, there's a guy in there that's six foot three, six foot four that's decent. So 
all heights are okay for badminton. Um, the net's not very high, so every height can easily jump and smash. Um, and there's good prize money in it if you do want to try and push your kids to badminton. They get famous. Some tournaments, I think the biggest tournament in the world um, for badminton has a $2 million prize pool which I don't know, maybe you don't think that's good, but um, I was surprised when I saw that because I expect badminton to be, I don't know, it's it's a pretty obscure sport. Like I'd expect like, all right, you've got a few hundred thousand, that seems reasonable, like something like surfing, okay. But uh, no, it had two million and there were quite a few tournaments with over a million dollar prize pool, which I guess is testament to the number of um, Asian <clears throat> spectators they have. Uh, okay, well, that's uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening, uh, and uh, I hope that um, uh, satisfied your needs. The uh, to the listener, uh, basketball is for pussies. Okay, bye bye.